0: You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area, heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back. Thank you for joining us this morning on Real Presence Live. My name is Nick Medelsky. I am the listener relationship coordinator for Real Presence here in the Rochester area, and joining me... Live at St. James Coffee is Father Jason Kern, the Director of Vocations for the Diocese of (laughs) Winona-Rochester. We like to emphasize the Dash-Rochester for some reason, even though
1: they're equally good. Winona and Rochester. (laughs) (laughs) And the whole
0: diocese. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, So, uh, joining us... Today uh, is someone uh, very uh, one of the first people I've talked to here in the Rochester area involved with ministry, uh, Dr. Deb McManaman, uh, who's involved with Saint Paul Street Evangelization, and I'm very familiar with Saint Paul Street Evangelization. I came here from Michigan, um, which is sort of where uh, Saint Paul Street Evangelization kind of got its start in the Detroit area, and in fact, a friend of mine is married to the founder of Saint Paul Street Evangelization. So. Um, a little bit of a personal connection there. Thought I'd share that. What, for what reason? I have no idea. Well, I'll but, say that. You know. I'll say my own. <laughs> Deb McManaman, who's joining us today, is from my hometown in
1: Oatana, but she's the one. She kind of watched me grow up in Oatana, so she's she's experienced with uh, my background, which is dangerous today on the live radio show. <laughs> <laughs> so we're grateful to have Deb joining us uh, this morning. Deb, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? And uh, we're grateful to have you with us.
2: Well, Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here today. Um, as Father Jason mentioned, I'm from Otana at St. Joseph's Parish and uh, grew up Catholic, never left the church. I'm not one of those reverts, but I kind of walked through my whole life uh, pretty marginal as a Catholic. I thought I was pretty good and mostly went to Mass. I volunteered for a lot of things, so I patted myself on the back for that. And then I got confronted about the faith uh, by a a family member who'd been proselytized by another faith tradition, and I didn't have any answers to the questions that were posed to me. So I thought, you know what? I really need to find out why I'm Catholic. And the more I learned, the more in love I fell with the Lord and the church that He founded. And I kind of feel like it was Paul, like Paul when the scales fell from his eyes, and I just saw the beauty and the, the truth of the church. And then about the same time, on Catholic radio, of all things, I heard about St. Paul Street evangelization Hmm. uh, from Steve Dawson, the founder, who was being interviewed. And I thought to myself, Catholics evangelizing? That doesn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) I was curious to learn more and signed up for their newsletter and then ended up going through their training and became a regional missionary. And I would say my life has been totally transformed over the last six years being a uh, an evangelist, a Catholic evangelist. that's kind of the short version
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you you spoke a little bit about uh, hearing on the air and then going for a, for a training. What did that training look like oh. the, the first time you did that kind of training?
2: So I actually, it uh, was oh, a training for leadership, and I got an email, and I deleted it, and then I got another one about the training, and it said, oh, you wanted, a, you know, they wanted somebody with a theology background, and they were just going to pick 20 people across the United States, and so I deleted it again, because I didn't have that. And then it came again, and it was like, okay, God, are you trying to send me a here? Fine, I'll apply, but I'm sure I won't get accepted, and then I did. And so we actually the first day we went there, um, I hadn't had any training on evangelization, and they took us to downtown Detroit, which was incredibly scary for me. And said, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna evangelize," and I was like, "Oh, wait, well, oh, wait a minute. I I live in Owatonna, Minnesota, and we don't do that here." <laughs> and then it turned out to be just the most beautiful experience of engaging people in conversations about the Lord, and I was just hooked. And so then I got trained on how you know tools and. Um, methods to use for evangelization and how to how to do talks and trainings for parishes and starting teams up in the area. So that was that was the training that I got.
1: <laughs> it's not that different than the Old Testament prophets who tried to run away. You just deleted emails. Though.
2: Exactly. <laughs> no uh,
1: no whales involved. Right. Right. right, right. Yeah. No, no whales.
2: I didn't get that out. <laughs>
1: So that's a beautiful testimony of how God just kind of continued to prompt on your heart this this little yeah. invitation. And and then through that invitation, it became an opportunity to transform your life by sharing the gospel, by, by just being present to others and inviting them to, you know, hey, can we have a conversation about things that matter? Can we talk about things of the faith? But what does it mean to say that you do street evangelization? Sometimes that's, you know, we think of street preaching, people standing on, uh, you know, five-gallon buckets and kind of proclaiming uh, the, the <laughs> gospel or condemning people or something like that. What are you doing when you say street evangelization? What does that look like for you?
2: So for us, we, we have kind of a special model that's set up, but then it really can be tailored to any situation and even to individual people's lives. So we have... Uh, teams that we set up and train and then they can go out anywhere in a public area they can you know if they're allowed to have a table they can set up a table and we provide resources um, at cost for our members and so there could be medals, there could be rosaries, there could be brochures that have been developed that have been you know have church approval books um, just tons of resources and a sign Look, for one of the things we use is called a prayer station so it's the sign says, do you need prayer? And it lists some items people might need prayer for, and that's a huge draw. And then we never um, uh, we never get in people's faces. We wait by our station or our stand or walk through the crowds and engage people just through a eye contact, a smile, offering something free. Like one of the things we'll do is, hey, we're giving away free blessed medals today. Would you like one? And if people say no or don't engage, that's, you know, no problem. They just move along and, you know, and we just say no be, no problem. They saw a Catholic out on the street willing to share their faith. So that's a good thing, whether they engage in us or not. Um, we we usually set up, um, like, certain teams have certain places, like they go farmer's markets, city parks. We have a county, our county fair in Still County, which Father Jason knows about has about a quarter of a million people that go through it, and we have a booth there that just in the last couple of years we've kind of um, reorganized to be an evangelization, evangelization prayer station. So people come up there, we pray for them, we take prayer requests, we give away free things. We never charge for our items when we're out, so we always want to just give them away. Uh, we've been outside Walmart. Uh, and Bishop Quinn has been out there with us and some of the seminarians and so <laughs> it's actually a very fruitful place to evangelize. So it can be anywhere, you know, and then and then we try to train people to do it, um, so that this kind of carries over into your daily life. So you might God might send a person in your life, a divine appointment as E. Ray would say. And it helps you be ready for that and, and, and to be able to respond to somebody that's wounded or in need. And when you go back to the soapbox thing, I mean, you think that that doesn't happen anymore, but I was at the Irish Festival in St. Paul a couple years ago, and there were people literally standing on boxes (laughs) telling people they were going to hell. And there was this huge, empty space around them, like nobody wanted to even get close to it. And it's like... There's no effectiveness to this other than people, you know, hollering back at them.
1: Right. Um,
2: and I took a picture because I do a lot of talks. I was like, oh, this would be great to show people <laughs> this is what evangelization is not. you know? Yeah. But really, it just means uh, evangelization just means to share the good news, to share that message that um, the kingdom of God has come and, you know, God loves yeah. you. You can change your life. And so drawing people into an encounter, a relationship, not not um, an argument
1: amen and you know it's so powerful because it's it's just done in relationship it's just done in, in personal exactly. human contact it's not done exactly. in some kind of like yeah kind of like you know um, mystical transformative experience it's done just through saying hello and offering somebody uh, a blessed medal or a rosary and, the, and then engaging mm-hmm. them is there anything I can pray for you uh, for today exactly. and, and having that comfortability in ourselves to just engage them with prayer right like we have to become comfortable to believe what we say we believe and to live that out by inviting others into it. And so I, I love that. You know, when Bishop Quinn uh, comes back from St. Paul's Street Evangelization, he's glowing, right? Like he goes from his yeah. administrative kind of all kinds of meetings yeah. and organizational things to then like getting out and meeting people just in their human lives. And he loves it. The seminarians too. And yeah. I know Father Dobbs is one of our priests at the seminary. Yeah. Uh, he loves going out and being able to just have that kind of time um, with with real human contact and just uh, sharing Jesus with others. Our hearts come alive. We're, it's what we're made for, Right. right? evangelization is a part of our life in christ it needs to be a normal part of it where we just learn to share not only ourselves but the gospel of god with others and that's the that's the powerful reality of of really what you're talking about and to do it in simple terms rather than some kind of extreme program or you know really kind of overly um convoluted way it's it's just meant to be um meeting people just on the street just where they're at in in a very normal environment
2: yeah, we don't want to share the doctrines of the church with somebody that they need to know the Lord and love Him, and then they want to learn those other things later. You know, that we're not yeah, like, hey, let me tell you about the catechism or the. You know, we just—it's exactly what you said. It's that relationship, having somebody there that they can see that the Lord loves them through us and through our our meeting with them and talking with them. And Bishop Quinn has said to me before. He's a better bishop because he's been out evangelizing because it's just it is it's like it sets him on fire and through him i've been out with bishop lavore archbishop Hebza, bishop cousins i mean it, it's just taken off that these bishops are so you know on fire with their love of the lord that they're wanting to be out there and do this and, and model it to people right. you know and so it, it's it really has been incredible
1: Yeah, and and we're seeing such a, we all know there's such a huge need for evangelization in the church today, but we don't know how. We don't know what that looks like. And so we're stuck in such a a model of kind of maintenance, right? Where our parishes are kind of, you show up and you pay and you pray and you go on your way. And and this is saying, no, 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 there's actually a way that we live out the relationship with Jesus. And so we're going to talk more about that after break of how are, what are some of the dispositions, some of the attitudes, some of the ways that we can approach evangelization uh, to change that mind Said in the church today so that we think about how to build relationships with others, how to proclaim the gospel, but to do so uh, in friendly contact with other people. So after the break, we'll talk
0: more with Deb on Real Presence Live. I'm Father Jason Kern, joined with... I'm Nick Medelsky, and you're listening to Real Presence Live. We'll see you after the break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Mr. Johnson, the fourth grade teacher here at St. Philip's Catholic School in Bemidji, Minnesota. Please join us in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done,
2: on earth as it is. as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good job. Wonderful. You did a superb job.
0: You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back to Real Presence Live. Uh, We are live from St. James Coffee in Rochester. Uh, This is Nick Medelsky. I'm joined with Father Jason Kern. And we're speaking on the phone with Dr. Deb McManaman of St. Paul's Street Evangelization. And we just heard some wonderful um, experiences uh, Deb has had with street evangelization and learned a little bit more about it and why it shouldn't be so scary uh, to people. Uh, I saw recently in the uh, Diocesan uh, newspaper uh, that there was a hospitality training um, and I don't know that people would necessarily put evangelization and hospitality together uh, in their heads on their own. So what role does hospitality, what does that have to do with evangelization?
2: So the hospitality training is something that's set up mostly for, like, frontline staff, school personnel, to really help them to be an intentional witness to God's love and mercy. And there's, it's kind of helping them to grow in their own holiness helping them to learn to share about the Lord in their daily lives, helping to serve people to really put themselves as a servant of the Lord, and then to come up with a plan to help this be incorporated into their um, entity or organization. And we really just heard wonderful feedback um, on this. And it it kind of makes you shake your head, like, why haven't we been doing this all along? <laughs> that the people that are the first contact point should be wonderful evangelists, should be comfortable talking about God in front of other people, but often we find that you get so caught up in the day-to-day busyness of a job that you forget that that's really our ultimate goal is to bring people to Christ.
0: Right, absolutely. That can uh, get easy to forget, um, but that is a a wonderful uh, way to understand it, and especially, you know, you kind of spoke earlier about, you know, evangelization isn't just something that you sit at a table and do uh, on the weekends, it's something that becomes a part of your everyday life. And that's kind of where that hospitality training, I think, helps play into that is sometimes, you know, just uh, if you're the uh, the church secretary or like you said, a teacher or even a volunteer on the playground, you might not consciously think, well, I'm responsible for being a witness for Christ right here. Um, and that I'm engaged in ministry, even though it might not feel like that, even though I'm not, you know, up on the altar doing something on Sunday or something like that, that there's so many bits and pieces involved in witnessing Christ out in the world. Yeah. And, you know, I find, too, like, when you compare, when
1: you think about, okay, how can I be hospitable, hospitality that blows people away is gracious. It's inviting. It's it's saying, make yourself at home in a way that not just that you feel comfortable. Yes, we want that. But that you feel like this is for you, right that this is something right. that you we really want you to know that th- this place is yours and and you are you are this places in that sense, because I think you know you think about our churches in in midwest Minnesota here here like so often they 're kind of frankly cold, mm-hmm. a little bit like. <laughs> dark and dingy and you know if there is someone at the door they're kind of standing there with their arms kind of folded and you know and Mm -hmm. they don't mean to be rude or 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 cold to you but but they kind of give the impression that you know why don't you know what you're doing you should know exactly what row you're going to sit in and don't bother me (laughs) and and how and and that's so far from like the invitation of this community that welcomes and and loves and and now i don't need i don't need it to be some kind of you know gushy over the top fake you know persona so how do we balance that what does it look like like for our parishes, for our communities, for our discipleship groups, whatever part we're involved in, to create an environment where people feel loved, known, cared about, wanted. Do you have any thoughts on how do we create that kind of environment in our communities? Well,
2: you know, I think culturally, as Catholics, that's what we've grown up with. And so we just, like you said, we just are in maintenance mode. We do what we've always been used to doing. And I think with especially in the state of Minnesota, what I've seen the Holy Spirit is working and things are happening. You know, we've got Susan at the diocesan office and we've got the leadership of the bishop and many, many priests that are encouraging this kind of evangelization. But then we have to bring it back to the parishioners and say, how do we teach them these tools to listen? Our model is listen, befriend, proclaim and invite. So it always starts with listen and befriend, And we're not so great at that, But when you give people these tools, it's like Catholics have been waiting for somebody to tell them it's okay to share your faith, it's okay to talk about Jesus, it's okay to be kind, and it just kind of unlocks something within them to say, I can be a different person, I can be open about this, and then that changes how you look at people, how you talk to people, how you treat people, and I'm seeing changes happen. I mean, it's not going to happen overnight, but we really do need to normalize um, what we've been called to do all along, and we've just kind of forgotten how to do it, you yeah.
1: know, amen. Or never and, and, been taught, yeah, or never been taught, yeah. And you know, I, yeah. I was um, there's a young man applying for a seminary who attended uh, school at Minnesota State University, he's applying for the Diocese of Bismarck, and he was just telling me this week he, he was, go, you know, on a plane going to visit some family, and he had like three. Situations where he just started talking to people, and he like one he asked if he could use their phone charger <laughs> and and then all of a sudden he just started asking them questions, you know you know what do you do and where where are you from and you know and like oh, you know I know so and so, and then all of a sudden they, he just shifted it towards his relationship with God and how much that 's been a mm-hmm. part of his life and and he started sharing the gospel with them and and it wasn 't mm-hmm. anything crazy, it was just like I believe what I'm living, and I want you to know that. Mm -hmm. And I I was so moved by just his readiness to kind of engage people at that level of the heart, Mm -hmm. and and they're so hungry for it. Like two of the three people said something to the effect of like, I needed this so much, or they said, uh, I, this is an answer to my prayer. (laughs) And, and that's, that's, we can become that messenger of hope and of love, of mercy, of grace to people. And and we don't have to do anything major. It's by, by allowing ourselves the freedom, the courage just to take the risk of of opening up. And you know what? Sometimes, yes, it will flop. It will not go well. They'll shut you down. They'll put their earbuds in, whatever, um, but most often, people are hungering for some human contact, but they're also hungering mm-hmm. for the message of salvation that we can witness to, just in simple ways. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any experiences, you know, kind of with your work? I'm sure there's countless ones that you could share. Um, but oh my what what are some like memories that you have that are kind of like? It, it, it didn't make any sense of how it exactly came about or whatever. You know, I don't know if there's one or two that you would think would be helpful for listeners just to kind of say, okay, this is how that worked for her and how you did this.
2: Yeah, so I, I think sometimes, you know, when I started doing this, I had no stories. Now i got so many stories. Maybe <laughs> yeah. should write a book. <laughs> but you talked about Father Dobbs. One of one of the places that we go to frequently is, uh, it's called the Peace Plaza, and it's right outside the Mayo Clinic. And the the number of people that are wounded... Mm-hmm. And and just hungering for some somebody to listen to them and tell them God loves them. It's just it's enormous. And we were out there. Um, and when Father Dobbs was out there, he's kind of like the Pied Piper. and he, people just flock to him. They <laughs> see his they see his clerics and they, he's he holy. Us, uh, he, he, yeah. He's yeah. And they and he brings the stuff for confession in case anybody wants confession. And he actually did one out there, which was amazing. But it's almost always. You know we know that we're there because god sends us there on the day that somebody needs needs us you know you just you just feel that over time where it always happens We but the last time we were there um we just had enormous encounters we probably talked to 30 people in an hour and a half and wow um and then this one family came up and they were talking to father dobbs and uh, their father was not doing well and they wanted prayers for the father and Father blessed them and prayed for His healing. And she, this lady just started crying, and she said, mm. I was praying to God to send me a sign because I was losing hope. Wow. And here you guys were. You were standing right here when I came out of the clinic, and I know He sent you here for me. And it, that happens all the time where there's just somebody comes up and says, I needed, like just like what you said, Father Jason, I needed somebody to pray for me today. And we prayed for them. I mean, we, we've learned... And taught people, and now it's normal to just instead of saying, I'll pray for you, which is good, and you should, um, just pray for them in that moment. You know, we can do this, and it's uncomfortable the first couple times, and then it becomes normal and natural. And people are so moved when you pray for them right in that moment. Uh, It's just, it's really something. So it's 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 just, you know, an incredible thing to do. And I thought to myself of the the verse on the... um, Ascension, when when Peter and Paul say, or Peter and um, Peter says, Oh, Lord, it is good that we are here. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, what if, you know, what would we look like as a Catholic church if we were in every community, out in the public, ministering to people through evangelization, you know, and sharing the love of the Lord with them? Some people have never heard that God loves them. You know, it's just, just, it just melts their defenses, and the number of people that just come up and talk to us You know, a lot of people walk by, but a lot of people smile, give us the thumbs up, want to share with us, you know, what's going on in their lives. And we're just strangers. We're just strangers that are out there being Jesus' hands and His heart and His feet. So it's, it's an amazing experience. Like, yeah, like, living the
1: joy of the gospel—that's what I say. <laughs> and, and amen. And it's just so needed in, in a hopeless, kind of overly oh. digitized. Everyone's hiding out in their own little isolated, um, self-withdrawn bubbles. And, and for yep. someone to come up and just love them and accept them yep. and invite them to something greater in their life—it it, it transforms hearts right on the spot. And, and that's the mystery of, of discipleship and, and of proclamation is that we become people, bearers of hope, bearers of joy and freedom uh, from this, this culture and this society, which is so despondent and so despairing. So it's such a powerful witness that you give. And, uh, you know, what encouragement or advice would you give someone, you know, who might be hesitant to try this or to, to think that they could do it or there's no way they could do it? What do you, it may be, or they're in too small of a community and everyone knows everyone or whatever excuse uh, people are thinking of as they listen to us today. What would be your encouragement or advice?
2: Well, first of all, I would say it's natural to be uncomfortable and to be about evangelizing because we haven't learned that to do this my hope is in the next generation this will become normal for us and we're already working with kids to try to help kids because they're already open about this but most people don't know they're supposed to do this most people don't haven't read uh the catechism 1816 says service of and witness to the faith are necessary for salvation i mean how many of us have heard that but we come um, one of the things that I do as a regional missionary is I come to parishes to groups I give them those practical tools and tips that they can practice with each other and then again once their hearts are open to that the Lord just kind of gently sends people in their path and then once they start practicing it it does become part of your life and so we become like Mother Teresa said to evangelize means you bring you have Jesus in your heart and you carry him to the heart of others and that's the, every group I've talked to, people start to do it, and then it becomes part of who they are. So I think it's just one person at a time, one group at a time, um, and we go ahead and we, we change who we are and we become who Christ wants us to be.
0: Amen. Well, thank you for joining us this morning, uh, Deb. Uh, for those who are interested, uh, I think as you heard at the start of the interview, St. Paul Street Evangelization will have a booth at the Steel County Free Fair in Owatonna. Uh, That fair is Mm -hmm. August 17th through the 22nd, so if you'd like to stop by there and uh, speak with anyone about St. Paul Street Evangelization, is there a website people can go to to uh, learn more about St. Paul Street Evangelization? It's
2: just streetevangelization.com, and uh, you can check out our resources if you're interested in joining a team or finding a team. All of that information is there for people.
0: Excellent. Thanks, Deb. Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us today, Deb. Uh, Thanks for having me. You're listening to Real Presence Live, uh, live in Rochester, Minnesota, from St. James Coffee. After the break, we'll be talking about bronc riding. Wow. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.